0: We are Coming In Hot, the podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you live from Airplay Beats for the intro music. We are recording live from Darling New Media's studios in Midtown SAC. Now, everybody, we got a SAC town native on Zoom, but we always say it's in the building. We got Isaiah Holmes in the building over Zoom. What's up, Isaiah? Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, man, let's get right into it, man. Like, let's you know, um, I, I I found out for uh, about you through a mutual friend of ours. Um, thought you had a dope story. Um, Olympic trials as the Olympics are going on. I know you're not a winter guy, you're a summer guy, but wanted to get you on anyway, just to, you know, um, have like a little theme about the Olympics. So a native of of Sacramento now residing in Miami. Tell us your story. Where are you from in Sac and how did you get to Miami?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the winter Olympics, uh, obviously I from Los Angeles to Miami. So
0: winter
1: is really not my thing. (laughs) (laughs) I just stay nice where where it's warm. There you go. Right now it's, uh, middle of winter, it's 80 degrees outside.
0: Beautiful. We're
1: wearing some shorts and t-shirt. Beautiful. Beautiful. There you go. So a little bit about me. I was born and raised in Roseville, California. Representing of Sacramento. <laughs> Roseville yeah. in the building, Placer County. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Um, went to Oakmont High School where I did four years, competed on the track team, basketball, football. Just an all-around athlete. and then my brother was actually the star football player in our family. Okay, Uh, he's he's playing collegiate D one football at San Jose State University. Mm -hmm. I like to think I basically went to San Jose State because I was up there every weekend hanging out with them, (laughs) going to all these games and stuff. Hey, I did the same. same. College. (laughs) My best
0: friend was at UC Davis, man. I I didn't go to college myself, but I was up there getting kicked out of every frat party every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) hey let me let me back up a little bit so how big was sports in your family because i it kind of seems like it was a big deal because you know your brother star of oakmont football team and you know you being the, the younger brother how was that competitiveness between you two how did you guys push each other to get to where you guys got to
1: yeah. Let, let's just say that he stopped running track because of me and I stopped playing football because of him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we found that we both actually start, he started playing football at a really young age and I wanted to play just so I could, you know, I, we grew up in a very competitive household. He was always much bigger than me, stronger than me. So I, you know, I had to prove myself. I'm a middle child, so I had to fight my way out the trenches. <laughs> uh, so, I, um, he was the big football dude, and I, I try to play some football. I was more of a, a speed and agility guy. He mm-hmm. was a big, powerful, tall, physical receiver. Okay. Uh, so I had all I had to do was beat him with my speed. Okay. So using that speed, I my dad convinced me to run track, and my brother started running track. Uh, we did that for about a year mm-hmm. before I started seeing some success. Okay. And he decided to stick with football. I started decided to stick with track, and the the rest is history. But. Yeah, sports were always a huge, huge part of my family. Okay. I remember going every weekend, going up driving down to LA for my brother's seven on seven tournaments mm-hmm. or driving around the country, going okay. to different track meets, or my sister's basketball games. She plays at a JUCO now in Folsom Lake.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, just a all around athletic family. I think my my dad's just trying to live vicariously through us because he never played organized sports growing up. Hey, man, so just, we, we all get into it. <laughs> I, know,
0: I know exactly. My, 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 my career was over after high school. So my kids yeah. now I'm like, I put them in everything. I'm just like, <laughs> you gotta just play everything and just try. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, and we
1: did. Yeah. We
0: played everything under the sun. Yeah. 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 So, oh, you know, like being in Oakmont, um, especially in sports out there, cause they go hard out there in Roseville sports, you know, yes, um, you know, I I think we played in a couple Oakmock tournaments. I I went to Mariloma. so those big yeah, corn bread gotcha. <laughs> corn <Fred> dudes, man, <laughs> they, <was, laughs> they knock my ass around up there. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like so after high school, what was the
1: move for you? Yeah, so after after high school, I was um Doing pretty well on track, to say the least. Uh, I was really fortunate. had a few scholarship offers. So I ended up, it was actually between University of Miami, Berkeley, and UCLA. And ultimately fell in love with UCLA. So I um, graduated from high school. A couple months later, on campus at UCLA. Had a phenomenal uh, freshman season. Uh, and then after that, my whole coaching staff got fired. Mm. And then my whole career kind of took a interesting turn after that.
0: All right. Well, what was the move after that? So, you know, you you go on the, you know, you put, you're running track, right? And the mm-hmm. whole, why, why did the whole coaching squad get uh, removed? Was it, they weren't producing, they were just looking for uh new talent. Like what, what was the vibe out there?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So the, the coaching staff, there was some stuff with the, the head coach that was going on. And then once the head coach gets fired, the whole staff uh, gets sent away. Mm-hmm. so after that they brought in all new coaching staff they brought a new head coach he picked his staff and unfortunately uh, none of my previous coaches were selected as part of that new staff so we basically had to start over and then from there uh this new coach knew little to nothing about the kind of athlete i was mm. uh, so like we had some differences in training uh styles okay. so it took some time to kind of feel the the gel like a starting to buy into this program a little bit. By the time I was finally feeling it, I ended up getting hurt and then I got hurt, uh, recovered from that Mm -hmm. and then COVID happened. So I never really had a chance to really show out other than my freshman year at UCLA. But that's actually what leads me here to the University of Miami. So after I graduated from UCLA, I had the opportunity to reconnect with Coach I had my freshman year. And now we're out here in Miami rebuilding. So, since nice. I've been with my new coach or my coach for my freshman year, I'm back to uh, that performing the way I should be.
0: hey, that's a great story, man. You know, like reconnecting with the coach. Uh, i'm I'm one of those people where I was um I was a freshman in uh, high school. and um uh, i w- I grew up in a tough neighborhood, Strawberry Manors, and you know, we moved to Westgate. And Westgate uh, school district was, I either go to Rio Linda or Grant. So my, wa- my mom was like, nah, nah, nah. Cause I was, I was already like, you know, doing a little bad shit, you know, a little shit here and there, you know, hanging out with, you know, the wrong crowd. So she shipped me off to Mariloma and put me into this uh, pro is called the IB program. So no, very familiar. yeah, exactly. I'm not that smart, <laughs> Isaiah. So I almost <laughs> fell out a damn high school at freshman year until I had a coach, my JV coach and still a great mentor to this day. Uh, coach McConaughey um, straight up told me, he's like, you're a great athlete. All you need is to get your grades up. And he promised me, he was like, cease. If you hit those books, you will have a starting Position on my JV team. And from that day on, I never failed another class just because he said that little thing. So was that kind of the same situation that you have with this coach? I'm not saying that you're failing, but you know, what was that connection that you really had with the coach that you're dealing with now at the university of Miami?
1: Yeah, you know that. First off, that's a really great story, and I'm glad that, that you had that important mentor. And it just goes to show that the power of um, sports can have on on individuals mm-hmm. and ability to change lives. Yep. And it absolutely changed my life as well. Before I found out that I was actually good at a sport, college was never really something I thought about. And then it kind of opened the door to me and ended up going to one of the best universities in the country because of it. Yep. But um, like you were saying, uh, the, the difference between the the coaches is the love for the sport. So with my first coach, I, I fell in love with the sport. Like I loved track and field and love doing the showing up to practice every day, the grind and all that. And then after that coach left, so did my feelings for track. Like I felt like I was just kind of doing it to do it and not really because I loved it. Yep. And which uh, retrospect, it ended up being a pretty good thing because in those three years without the coach, I shifted my focus from athletic development to personal development. I got way more involved in campus and I found purpose outside of my sport. Mm -hmm. I was, my grades improved drastically. I was more student focused and I was athlete focused, which I mean, it wasn't great for my athletic career, but personally, I grew so much in that time. And then now being here at university of Miami in grad school, I have that balance of what it's, what it's like to fall in love with the sport be Mm -hmm. competitive, but also be a great student. And I'm, I think it's, it's all in God's time and things just kind of worked out in the way they did to, and when able to balance both. And then I think I could say that it's going pretty well so far.
0: Yeah. And you, you do something that I always tell, um, you know, uh, small business owners is always take a step back and really look at the landscape of what you want to do. And it kind of seems like that's what you kind of hit on is, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're doing track, But, you know, at the end of the day, what is your future after track? And uh, I see this happen with a lot of younger athletes that are very good at what they do. Like I got a, I got a few younger cousins in my in my um, in my family right now where, you know, I see like their their parents like pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And, you know, nobody six foot, nobody 230 pounds, rock muscle, you know, like they're, they're small. Yeah. We're going to have growth spurts, but what are you doing outside of, you know, your football, your baseball, your basketball, your track to show your kids, you know, okay. You could be a brand all you want, but who are you? I think, am I saying this right? You found yourself, you sound, you found your purpose on this journey from UCLA to Miami, you, uh, is, is, am I on the right page there or am I just talking about my yeah. ass, Isaiah?
1: Cause I <laughs> no, do that a lot, buddy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, we absolutely are uh, on the right track here. And I think that, uh, like I said, it's all in God's timing and they yeah. kind of showed, uh, when I was in UCLA, I was huge or an undergrad, I should say, I was really big on like, planning out my future like every detail like everything's going to work but i mean i found out real quickly that the world doesn't work that way and god's plan is going to prevail no matter what no matter how much plan you get how many plans you did whatever path you think you're going to be on if it doesn't align with god's plan it's just simply not going to happen so like along that journey and learning uh connecting on that uh physical spiritual mental level Mm -hmm. like it it all helped me find that that purpose and and peace
0: with myself. Yeah, that's that's totally dope, man. And let me, let me just ask you this, because like I said, my high school career was over, you know, after my senior year and I, I didn't go any further. How is that transition? Because I had some boys that, you know, they're great, you know, high school athletes and then they, they hit college. They, yeah. they was the bottom of, bottom rung. Of
1: <laughs> Kicked them right out the sport. You know what uh, I mean? How was that transition for you though? Let me tell you, man. It is a humbling, humbling <laughs> yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I, I came in. I came into college um, out of high school. I was U.S. number one in the long jump, so I was coming off a. Uh, high horse you know like i'm i'm like i'm a good athlete i'm a real good athlete and i show up i'll never forget this i show up to the first day of practice uh and i look over and there's a dude he's just completely yoked just sitting on the wrong runway i'm like who the heck is this dude and it's like it's a grown man i came into college at 17 years old so like there's dudes on the team that are 23 24 years old which I'm I'm that dude now, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just looking at those guys, I'm like, I'm a child, like these are like <laughs> grown men.
2: It <laughs> yeah. was a humbling I'll experience. Forget,
1: yeah, humbling experience. I'll never forget showing up to the first meet, shaking my boots like these dudes have been yeah. like these are some of the best jumpers in the whole world. Yeah. And I'm jumping against now. I'm not jumping against high schoolers.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but but let's fast forward, Olympic trials. How did you get there? Was this always something that you wanted to do? Let's let's dive into the Olympic trials because it is the Olympics.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So, I, Olympics were always top of mind. So, back going back to my freshman year when I was telling you what I was with uh with my coach. His name is Coach Jarvis, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm. Shout so
1: out when I was going into yeah, shout out to my boy Jar. Uh, so, w- when I was with him my freshman year, um, the goal was always I'm going to the Olympics. Like, that, that's what I want to do. I was completely devoted to the sport. Like, this is everything to me. I want to make it. Um, And then, like I said, he, unfortunately, was uh, no longer a part of the coaching staff at UCLA. So then those three years after that, I was kind of like, you know, it it is what it is. I'm just going to do this sport. And then I come back uh, my first year. I'm sorry, this past year in 2021, I'm back with my coach. That flame is reunited once Mm -hmm. again. I started performing like a, an elite athlete again. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to another. And then I qualified for the Olympic trials uh, after just my second meet outdoor season. Oh, wow. And then things were, yeah, things were rolling pretty well. I was getting consistent. Uh, and then after the NCAA championship, my coach said, um, Isaiah, you qualified for Olympic trials. If you want to stay here and train another two weeks, mm-hmm. like let's make a run for this thing. And of course, you know, I was super excited. It's always been a dream since I was a child and this past year, and I was like having that flame reunited made it even more of a special experience now that I've um, more whole rounded as a person.
0: Oh, sorry to cut you off, but how did they find you? Or is it just like you, you're running track in college and there's this Olympic, you know, uh, recruiters there and you know, they might be there one time, or is it specifically they're coming to see Isaiah?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And this is actually one of my favorite things about track and field is that it's simply black and white. It's okay. either you hit a mark or you don't hit a mark. Okay. So like it, when you hit them, like, for example, I jumped uh, seven, three. So that puts me on the list. And then from that list, they select who is eligible for the Olympic trials. Okay. And I just happened to to be on that list and they, I called my coach and said, Hey, he's, he's ready to compete. If, if you guys register and, bad seconds after the email was sent, I was
0: registered. Wow. Holy crap. Hey, congratulations, man. So what, what is that mindset? What's that process of getting to that Olympic trial? Like, is it just all day, every day in the gym, on the track? Like what is that whole process? Cause I don't know if you know, we got about 10 people that listen to this, maybe one of them, is going to be going to the Olympic trials. So what kind of mindset and processes do they got to put in place?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I think you said it the best there. It's a process. Yeah. A lot of people like to think that it's just like you get a lucky break, but that's not how it works with elite athletics. And at this level of the game, you got to be on discipline in every aspect of your life. It's not just you can go home, watch Netflix and eat junk food all day and then expect to come out the next day and, break a world record mm-hmm. that's not how it works we're talking uh nutrient timing waking up uh, uh, consistent sleep schedules um mindfulness training uh yoga stretching rehab it, it's a, a whole combination of things that come together that uh, lead to elite performance it's uh, i'd say that the, the biggest part of it all though is consistency okay. across the board and so how, how many trainers
0: do, are, are working with you? Do you have like a nutritionist? You got your regular train. I know you got your coach, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, he probably has other athletes that he has to deal with. How many people are around you during this time where you're trying to get to the Olympics?
1: Oh, yeah. It it takes a village. It absolutely takes a village. And it's not just uh, those who are on working front hand with just athletics. It also is the academic support that comes along student athlete development Because the thing about being a a student athlete is you still have to be a student. In other words, Uh, still um, in the NCAA, it requires us to have a certain GPA to remain Mm -hmm. eligible. So we have immense academic support to make sure that happens. At this point, you have to try to fail in college with all the support system with tutoring, uh, academic advising, and all all that. So that's like the the thing that no one really talks about is all the support off of the track. But when we're talking about on the track, we have um, a full stacked coaching staff with years and years of experience, um, athletic trainers, PTs, chiropractors, massage therapists, sports psychologists, weight, a weights coach, uh, nutritionist. And these are people that I see on a weekly basis.
0: Oh, wow. That's a great support yeah. system that you had there. So you get to the trials. What happened?
1: oh man that's a different story <laughs> 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 getting into it getting it to that point is more impressive a story but <laughs> yeah so little big trials was uh definitely not my best meet i i think i got caught up in the hype a little bit too much i was uh i guess the deer in the headlights mm-hmm. i was like so in in love with the moment i actually forgot to compete and it was like um i like i felt like a a dream come true sitting there competing against some of the guys that I've been watching on TV, mm-hmm. my whole childhood. I go look to my right and it's the three time Olympic medalist that I'm jumping next to. And I'm yeah. like, wow, I used to watch your your videos before every jump when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And now here I am competing right next to you. Yeah. I kind of get that little star trying to talk to too many people got a little too distracted, mm-hmm. but i then into, do too bad I got top 15. Unfortunately didn't make the finals at at trials, but it was just happened that uh just being in that space was yeah. was a great start to my my track career. And then now I know what to expect for the next time to be a little more locked in and
0: that ready to that was my next question. Are are we going to the <laughs> next one? And I think you answered <laughs> it. All right. <laughs> if you need yeah, if you absolutely. need some training, I'll be there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to go to the Olympics, Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs>
1: hey, hey man, you and me both. <laughs>
0: hey, hey <if> can, <laughs> <you> can, <laughs> I can, mean, I can bring the podcast. Just have a little backpack. <laughs> <laughs> like, We're coming in hot with Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. Is it,
1: you need a crew, bro. You need a crew. You can, yourself Paris, you crew. You, you can find yourself to Paris
0: man. we're in there. Hey, yeah. hey, I'll be on that damn flight. You gonna be like, oh, I thought we was just <laughs> playing around. Now we here. <laughs> hey, let's back up a, a little. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's back up a little bit because I'm on my I'm on my healthy kick. Um, what kind of foods were you eating during your uh trial? Like what what kind of um, what, what kind of munchies did you, did you get to, uh, have?
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's a great question. And I, I was actually, um, I had a really great training partner. Fortunately, her name is Michelle. I believe. she's, uh, she also was at the Olympic trials with me. She ended up getting fourth in the women's heptathlon, just barely missing uh, the U S team. Uh, she's also a NCAA national champion in the indoor pentathlon. So she's a great, not only training partner, but also a great model, Mm -hmm. role model. And she taught me some things about meal prepping. So all through outdoor season, leading up to Olympic trials, uh, we'd every Sunday I'd go over to her apartment, we'd cook up meals for the week, which uh, kind of varied depending on the week. We try to switch it up, but it was uh, mostly informed through our nutritionist of like I mentioned earlier about nutrient timing is making sure you get getting the right amount of foods, the right types of foods at the right time to optimize performance. So, we're doing a lot of um, like, we have like a base of protein, carbs, and some kind of color, whether that's a salad, um, fruits, vegetables, but something that um, has a nice um, like fiber content Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're getting all the nutrients we need. But, like, to give you an example of some kind of meals we do, like sweet potato burritos, Mm. or we do like a, a nice chili with a salad on the side. And then we'd like make these large quantities of the bad boys throw in the fridge and then we're good to go for the week.
0: Oh man. Sounds delicious.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was delicious. <laughs> we just started again this past week. So I, I got some food in the fridge. All right, cool. Cool. So, you know, as an athlete,
0: now you decided to start this Hyphy LLC. What what okay, what's sir. with the hyphy LLC? Because we in North we in Northern Cali, so we know a lot about the hyphies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly, you know, it's actually uh, it started. Uh, so my friend, his name is Nodwickley. He was born and raised in Oakland. He's our co-founder, so that's kind of where the the name came from. Okay, so it is the the drink has come? I'm sorry, the the company's come. Uh, we've made some twists and turns from its original inception back in it was at 2018 mm-hmm. so now we are 2022 um we're just kind of going with it but the the company itself is focused and centered around mental health and mental wellness mm-hmm. it's like we we believe so strongly in the importance of that and um and supporting and kind of turn down that stigma surrounding mental health i'm sure everybody has, has noticed or experienced or have known someone that experienced some mental health uh troubles over this past pandemic or Uh the continuing pandemic and the the feelings of overworked or overwhelmed, anxious, anxiety, or depression. Like these are all things that um, have become an increasing problem, but not enough people are talking about. So uh, we've taken it upon our mission as a, as a company to tear down the stigma uh, kind of one product at a time. So our initial product is Juve, which is a a enhanced uh, sparkling water. Mm-hmm. With, with vitamins and minerals uh, that's supposed to increase increase focus um attention m- boost mood and give a little bit of energy too and a zero calorie zero sugar and the idea of it is to like just give um a little something to you know go get people through the day but like the, the message that comes with the can is like we want people to drink it and think about um i'm drinking this because i'm on a mission to increase wellness. Mm-hmm. Like that's the the idea of it is like to push the, the brand is wellness yeah. like all the way through and through. So like um, so our slogan is um, find your juve or juve like that. So like the idea is like the, the beverage is like to find your flow. Okay. Like to like find your flow in your activity, to find your flow in your life. Like we just want to get people to well like get get talking about wellness and get in tune with themselves.
0: No, that's dope, man. And you know, one thing that we talk about here on Coming In Hot is uh mental mental wellness. Uh I'm huge into it. Like, you know, like I always tell everybody and they probably tired of me saying this, but you know, I, I got two sessions every Monday. I got one with my therapist and this is this is my second one, you know, because you know, I you know, being being uh, you know, a minority in America ain't it ain't, you know, it is fucked up. You know, straight up, like it you know, yeah. ain't even. You know, ain't no nothing. <laughs> nothing that's that. Yeah, no cap. You know, see, I'm, I'm with the kids now. No cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but nah, now, man, like that's that's dope that you're doing that. Um, you know, like where 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 are people finding this? Because like this is the kind of uh, I heard it a little bit last week. Um, but you know, uh, where where are people? Yeah, you know, getting this water from, do you got to go to Oakland? You got shipping? Like how, how do they find this?
1: Yeah. You know, we're, we're still working on the, okay. so we have the product fully developed. Uh, we're just right now working on our, our operate, I'm sorry, not operations, but our launch strategy to make sure that we have, you know, build up some hype around it before we go fully launch. So where mm-hmm. the way it's looking right now is our, our headquarters are looking like they're going to end up in San Diego, California. Um, 'Cause that's right now is where my friend Naja mentioned our co-founder. Uh-huh. Uh that's where he's going to school. And we think that's the the best location to to launch. So we're building up marketing materials, we're building up our inventory. Uh, but I think we're gonna do our initial launch online. But you can follow us uh at drink juve on Instagram and Twitter. That's where we're gonna we're gonna be posting regularly. Uh, right now we're doing a uh Black History Month series where we're talking about movers and shakers and the uh, the community that have uh, really pushed the culture forward and, and society. So you can follow along with that as well, but as we're going to have most of our updates in terms of uh, launch dates and uh, new products that are coming out and also going to find us on Instagram or for a high fee or our main account, which is going to be get high on Instagram. Uh, yeah. That's going to be more of like a, the wellness side of things. And we might feature a few products here and there, but main focus there is pushing out the message and knocking down that stigma.
0: That's, that's great shit, man. And if you ever need me in any way, um, I'm I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I I don't know how much I can do for you, but I'm here for you.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's a thought that counts now. I really appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Um, what about, you know, the mental health within athletics, like how important Mm -hmm. is that? Can you can you talk to the people about your journey because there has to be something that you, you it has to be something personal why you're doing this so can you tell the people why mental health in your athletics is so important?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I can't even begin to to start talking about the importance of uh, the mind the mind in athletics. I mean, it's. And a sport is so individual, like track and field. It's, it's just you out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's. I don't have a necessarily have a team on the runway with me before I go, and do a jump. It's just me, myself, and where I'm, and my physical, and my mental. Uh, that's all that's on the runway. So that to tune that up and find the balance between the mental and the physical is absolutely crucial. Uh, but to take it back a little bit further, before I get into athletics specifically, is um, Mental health has always been a, a really big part of my life is um, I've seen those really close to me struggle with mental health, um, including some really close friends and family. Uh, in fact, uh, Naj can also attest to this, that my co-founder is he had this, his own personal mental health struggles and continues to have mental health struggles. So this is not, it's not just something that we want to do um, for the community, but we're also, we are internally motivated by this because we've, we want to have a direct impact of those around us and ourselves. So this is all, it's very personal to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of athletics, uh, like I was saying, it's such a crucial thing. And I think it's kind of underlooked um, because people assume athletics, uh, athletes, they're dialed in, you know, everybody, like they're strong, but I mean, we have the same struggles. We go back to the same apartment as everybody else, same house, sleep in the same bed as everybody else, put our socks on the same way you know, eat breakfast the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like we're human beings, but just because we're, you know, performing at the highest stage doesn't mean we're not susceptible to, um, to mental health uh, struggles. And to stack on top of that, the the stress and the pressure put onto us from uh, fans and spectators and those close to us makes it even more difficult. Uh, uh, for example, we uh, I do a little Instagram live talk with my friend, John, uh, about, various topics with athletics and then the last time we talked we, we were talking about uh, uh, the, the extra pressure that happens after a big performance and we had a guest speaker a, a world champion come on and talk about her experience with the world championships and like after setting a world leading time or like a, setting a huge pr like the expectation bar increases mm-hmm. like you could be performing here like uh, consistently and everyone's like okay oh that's awesome but as soon as you perform up here, this becomes no longer good enough. Mm -hmm. Like people say, like, oh, that's that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. everybody's expecting you to be up here every time you compete now. So like that extra level of stress, it's sometimes sometimes can be debilitating. Mm -hmm. Like um, I can speak from personal experiences. Um, This is actually where my my athletic and mental really started to come together is after my freshman year, as I mentioned. I had such great success. Mm-hmm. So I was holding myself to that standard for the rest of my career. And once that new coaching staff came in, we were gelling and I wasn't performing up to that standard. Like I said, I, my love for the sport quickly don't dwindle. It was that like, it's hard to to feel that same when like the sport doesn't make you feel good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just wasn't feeling that. And that's where I was very fortunate to, there was this movement in collegiate athletics to get plugged in with sports psychologists. Yeah. So we had a really good sports psychologist. He was, uh, he was also a sports psychologist for the LA Clippers. So I had a chance to sit down with him regularly. That was like my, my first introduction to to therapy. And I was like, wow, this is extremely helpful. Yeah. Like very helpful. Like this is something that like, I feel like hasn't been talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Like I was growing up in a household where like, uh, my, my dad is. uh, He doesn't believe in like mental health stuff. Like he is a real like, uh, just go pray it out and like it would be okay. Which I mean that is a great one, but like it's I didn't feel like the acknowledgement of like mental struggles, you know. Yeah. But, like having time with the therapist and like actually sitting there thinking, or like uh, getting stuff off my chest and like carrying it back, like maybe realize a whole lot of things and like. Build my confidence a whole lot mm-hmm. on the track, so I was able to, uh, from that experience, you know, get back to to where I was and working my way out of the slump. But like, there's a huge connection between mental and physical. Yeah, and then you need the balance between both. Exactly,
0: and you know, like one thing, Isaiah, you did the right thing. You know, like because I, I grew up pretty much in a family like that. It's like always, just hold that shit in, be a man. You know, like don't, you know, like don't show your emotion, especially being an athlete, you know, like you can't never see, you know, nobody can see you hurt. You know, I remember my last uh, basketball game and we were up by like 20 in the playoffs and we ended up losing, you know, like a buzzer beater. And I just remember crying and I just remember going back to the locker room and everybody looking at me like I'm, you know, like suck it up. You know what I mean? Like, but it was my last game and we just lost in, mm-hmm. you know, the worst fashion that you could lose in. And, yeah, you know, like everybody like, and then I went back to school and everybody, oh, you are crying, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you don't know how much that puts on somebody. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know, but at the end of the day, like, at least you had somebody to go talk to. You know, like there was (laughs) like back then there was nobody was talking about mental health. And now like even like some some circles I like hop into and people are like still talking shit about, oh, you know, like mental health and everybody's on this self-care mental health kick. I want people to be on that that kick. You know what I'm saying? Like I want it to be something a bandwagon kind of thing where, you know, like it's not people don't do it enough. You know, and I i feel like a lot of people, you know, think their friends and their family are like therapists. They're not, you know, like there's people that went to school for this shit. Go get your, go get a therapist, talk that shit through. Because one thing, your friends are gonna get fucking tired of hearing your ass. Your family's gonna fucking get tired of hearing your ass. I think that's why your dad said, go pray. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember telling my dad, you know, like, hey, man, I'm seeing a therapist. He's like, I'm too old for that shit, but you do what you got to (laughs) do. You know, it's just like, you're never too old for it. You know what I mean? So, you know, congratulations on your journey. Congratulations on, you know, what you're doing with your mental health, with your self-care. With the hyphy mu- you, uh, move in uh, the hyphy movement, boo <laughs> drink. You know, like I want you gonna have to send me some up here, man, because I, I got a few connections that oh, yeah, you might want to fuck with. You know, um, so top five. You ready for some top five?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right, top five Olympic athletes of all time, in your
1: opinion? In my opinion, I mean, I gotta say Usain Bolt, hands Ooh, yeah. down. I'm going to say uh, this one, Mutaz Barshim, he's a, a high jumper. He actually won the Olympics for the first time this past summer. Okay. I'm sure you've seen it. It's that him and the Italian dude, uh, they tied for first place. Yep, Maybe. yep, the
0: exact oh, tie. Yep, exciting.
1: yep. Yeah. But this dude, he probably has jumped higher than anybody else in the history of the world, but just couldn't break the world record for whatever reason.
2: Okay. So
1: Usain uh Mutaz Barshim. I got to say, uh, Carl Lewis. Oh, of course. He was a monster. Yes. Uh, got to give shout out to a long jumper, Mike Powell. Okay. He came back with the crazy long jump, broke the world record. UCLA alumni, fun fact. <laughs> uh, and number five, <sighs> hmm. let me say Ivan Yukov. He's a a high jumper out of Germany. I'm sorry, okay. Russia. All right. Yeah. Cool. Most wow. consistent high jumper in the game.
0: <clears throat> top five songs. Why you got the headphones on?
1: <laughs> oh man, this one's tough. I'm more of a playlist guy, so I just kind of <laughs> cycle through some random songs <laughs> at a time. All right, but top five. What we'll get Rob you pumped? What'll
0: we'll get you hyphy, bro? <laughs>
1: Alright, number one is going to be uh, Mrs. Officer by Lil Wayne. Mm, um, wee, wee, wee. That can't get you wee, going. Wee, <laughs> wee, wee, wee. Man, it gets me every time. Yeah. Um, one Dance by Drake. Mm. I don't wanna, these are not in order. I'm just right, no, this is top five. Top whatever five. Wherever you want to do. Let's um, see he here. Missing You Crazy by Russ. Mm. That was a good one. Uh, man, let me throw some 2000s R&B in here. Uh, oh, man. I, I'm blanking on the name, but it's like, I'll meet you in a log in Cabin somewhere up in Aspen.
0: Oh, that's uh, T-Pain. Wow. T-Pain, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, man, I'm really bad at this whole music thing. Uh, let's see here. Got one more. Well, I listened to recently.
0: Hmm. No more Drake. No more Lil Wayne.
1: Oh, six foot, seven foot by Lil Wayne.
0: There you go.
1: Six foot, seven foot. Hey, Hey, that was dope, man. know the entire intro.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, what was that? The Carter Four?
1: Yeah, no, Carter three,
0: Carter three. Yeah, that was a good one. That was, that was one that was playing in my, man, I was bumping that for a while, man. All right. So, (laughs) so we got it coming in hot. All right. So this is anything that you want to talk about, Uh, get off your chest. It could be funny. It could be political. It could be about the upcoming Olympics. It could be about mental health again. But Isaiah, it is time to come in hot. What you got, Isaiah?
1: I'm going to stick to this mental health and wellness because, as I said, it's something I'm really passionate about. But I want to talk to you guys about the importance of mindfulness and meditation. This doesn't have to be anything crazy, but getting in a room quiet and just focusing on something, whether that's your breath, a water bottle across the room. Something, just spending some quality time, quiet, listening to your body, I think is one of the most important things and most forgotten things to do. And just being present in a moment. And this will absolutely change your outlook on life, your current situation. It's just uh, mindfulness and meditation is so important. Um, and you look at all the research on it, but it being practicing mindfulness and meditation actually rewires your brain mm-hmm. and puts you more in tune with your body and your environment. Uh, like it actually increases your levels of enjoyment of life essentially and focus and attention and all that. But if I could say one thing to anybody is look into mindfulness meditation. It's not as complicated, complicated as you think. It's just simple. Just breathe, be present. That's it.
0: And, and it's on your damn, uh, I watch everybody. So there ain't no, there ain't no excuse, (laughs) no excuse at all. I'm with you, Isaiah. And you know, one thing that I do every morning, even before I, I hit the bathroom, I just take time to just go through my body, checking my points you know, like, yeah. hey, how, how's my shoulders feel? How's my elbow? How's my knees? You know, like right before I get That's up, great. just sit there in bed before I get up. Uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, drop drop whatever you need to uh, put out there, your website, your Instagram, any kind of other social media you got. It's your time. What you, what you got?
1: All right, so I'm going to shout out my personal Instagram first. It's mm-hmm. Isaiah underscore Holmes underscore my personal. And then I have a track page where I post all my track comp- content. That's gonna be uh that underscore trek.kid dot kid underscore Isaiah. That's gonna be my track Instagram. I'll post pretty much everything on there from practice, uh pictures, videos, my jumps. Sometimes I'll do little tips or whatever. And I'll always blog about my travel. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, big one is at drink juve, which is our um our beverage that we're gonna be coming out here. Spark functional sparkling water, zero calorie, zero sugar. It's gonna be big. We're coming out with it. It's going to be it. Hey, man, this is an
0: amazing conversation, Isaiah. You know, come back anytime. You know, we got uh, Mental Health Month coming in May. Maybe you could tap in. You know, maybe we could do a little roundtable, you know, just about mental health. And, you know, with us colored folks, we got to be out there. and We got to be, you know, we got to be locking arms right now because nobody else is going to do it but us for us. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely.
0: Hey, uh, uh, again, thank you for coming through, but for coming yeah, in thank hot. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course, man. But uh, for coming in hot, this is Chef Cease. If you want some of those delicious, beautiful, hot chicken sandwiches, www.nashingproper.com, You can holler directly at me, at Chef Cease, or at Coming In Hot Podcast. See you next week. Love you. Peace.